today is um, actually it's it's going to be, if you would, a continuation of where I was at last week. Uh, there was so much, so much, so much to be uh, to to consume that I knew we couldn't. And uh, as I've got older, I've tried to do better. You know, when I was younger, I would have said, well, I'm going to preach an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes, and, you know, bless God, you know, but I realize uh, the posterior some can't, times can't endure as long as we that are in the pulpit would like to think that it can. Uh, and I want you to get as much as you can out of the Word of God. So uh, this is a somewhat of a continuation of last week, but we do want to thank you for being here today. I know there's, uh, if we just come off of Thanksgiving, some of y'all are still in, uh, enduring or going through turkey coma and things like that. So we'll try to, to, to keep it lively for you today and keep you awake. Uh, I don't mind if somebody goes to sleep, uh, as long as there's somebody next to you to gouge you a little bit, okay? Uh, <laughs> I don't tell a story on Sarah, you know. We went, we, uh, we went to, uh, we went to Pigeon Forge, uh, back in October and unfortunately we had bought some, uh, tickets to go see one of those shows in, on the strip there in a theater in Pigeon Forge. Uh, unfortunately my, my lovely little wife, she, uh, she got sick. She has celiac disease and sometimes she gets hold of, of something with gluten in it and it makes her very sick. She got sick. So I contacted the theater which had a, um, you know, they had a notice on the tickets that uh, there was no refunds or exchanges or anything. But I called the theater. They were very nice. They were very nice about it. And the lady said, I understand. We have an employee here that has that same illness. And what we will do, we will set aside the tickets and you can just call us before the end of the year. You can come back and use them. So we decided uh, last week, uh, not this past week, but last week we had a couple of days. We decided we'll use those tickets because, of course, we'd already paid for them. So we went back out to Pigeon Forge for uh, a little short trip and, and we went into this theater. And, you know, through the delay, we ended up getting to see their Christmas show. You know, part of it was a country music show, and part of it was Christmas show. It was two segments. So we're sitting there in that theater, real nice, you know, you know, really good, you know, decent show. And and I look over, and my wife's doing this. So I start doing this. Yeah. So she, she does this, and yeah. So we go through the break, they go, they take the intermission and they come back to do the Christmas show. So we're, and my wife loves Christmas. You, you don't know, if you don't know that Chris, Sarah loves Christmas, you don't really know Sarah, okay? She loves Christmas. So I look over at her and she's, she's, and we didn't eat turkey, you know. <laughs> you know, and she's doing it, so I'm, I'm doing this and she is, you know. So I did it, so I, I start taking my foot. You know, and she says, I can't stay awake. <laughs> so hopefully you got somebody next to you to gouge you a little bit today. But as we go to the scripture, I want you to go back to Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4. And we're going to read the same verses of scripture that I read to you last week. But uh, as I preached this message last week, I preached the message, I entitled it, A Whole Lot of Little. 
And the message was about how God needs us to use, He desires us to use the little bit that we possess to bring an increase of plenty into our lives. So I, I briefly, in last week's message, I briefly touched on the part that faith, our faith, plays in this widow's need being met that we're going to read about again this morning. Uh, as we begin to think about faith and we think about this widow's circumstance, there's two things I want you to keep in mind. The first thing is trusting the Master. Show me your face, Lord. And again, I would tell you we're this smart that we plan all of this stuff out ahead of time. But we really don't. But I don't think that we necessarily have to if all of our hearts and minds are in tune to the Holy Spirit. So as Nathan sang that song, that ending song there, Show Me Your Face, trusting the Master is imperative in our faith. Okay? Faith also calls for action. And I shared with you last week what James in his epistle, the James says, Faith alone without works is dead. In other words, our faith, our faith, we're saved by faith, we know that, and, and our faith is, as James is speaking of it, is our walk in, in Christ, but if our, if our, we just have faith and faith alone, then in essence our faith is dead, is what James is saying, because we, God didn't save us to do nothing. Okay. Now, I'm not against hymnal music. Don't misunderstand me. Actually, I think some of it is very good. Uh, and I, I thank God that we're seeing a restoration of, uh, of, of hymns actually even incorporated into modern worship because they, they have a good theological basis to them. Many of them do. But a lot, some of the ones we sang were more so about, I'm, 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 I'm ready to die. I'm ready to leave this world. I need to travel on. I'm having such a miserable time in this life. Well, God didn't save us to have a miserable time in this life. Okay. Now he didn't save us to, to, for this life to be all pain and agony. You know, even, even it was Paul that said, you know, for, for me to die is for me to gain, but it's better that I remain here with you for a little while. So it's good that you're here. It's still good that I'm here, believe it or not. And, uh, and we, but, but what we find ourselves in, what we find ourselves facing is the reality that our faith calls for action. God did not save us. He did not send Jesus that we may be born again and just set down or not to exercise our faith. So keep that in your mind this morning. And I want to preach to you about don't stop short. I hate that word short. (laughs) But it was a way of getting my point across, okay? The wife of a man from the company of the prophet's cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, he said, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? The woman replied, Your servant has nothing there at all, she said. Except a small jar of oil. Let me point out to you a couple things different in this scripture this week than I did last week. Number one, 
Elisha says, how, ask the question, how may I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. She, she addressed Elisha. Elisha is a type of Christ in this story. She replies, your servant. Your servant. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said. But then, boom, the lights come on. She said, oh, except I, I do have a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all of your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him. She shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her. Notice they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. She kept pouring. And when all the jars were full, he she said to her son, bring me another one. He replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and she told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. So this morning, I want to preach to you with a thought in mind, don't stop now. Now, I want to reiterate some from last week. I want to remind us that God doesn't need anything to accomplish his will. Because God is, he's creative God. He created everything that exists. He, he is a supreme creator in him, on, in his own self. He doesn't need anything to accomplish his will, but yet God desires something to work with. Guess who that is? Guess what that is? It's you and I. God desires us. He wants to work with us. So in that, in that whole concept, if you would, of God wanting and desiring something to work with, He doesn't have to have us, but He desires to have us. There's a big difference there. It's just like you could say, well, I had to go to church this morning. You didn't really have to go to church this morning. You got to go to church this morning. You didn't have to go to work Friday. You don't have to go to work in the morning. You get to go to work in the morning. You know, we can look at things in that perspective. In that God doesn't have to have us. We know that, that, that when we go to the, to the end of the book, we find that, that if we don't cry out in praise, He said that there's, there, there's rocks there that will cry out in worship and praise. And my, my former pastor before coming here to voice of praise, we had a big old rock that sat right outside the front door of the church, sat right on the porch, and somebody had took a, uh, looked like fingernail polish, and they had painted on it, if you don't, if you don't praise him, I will. Now that rock was actually a trip hazard, if you would, coming into the church because a lot of people didn't look down. But, but one thing about once they stubbed their toe, they looked down and there was that, there was that stark reminder that if we don't praise God, the rocks can cry out. But understand with me this morning, it's God's desire for us to praise Him. It's God's desire for us to serve Him. It's God's desire for us to believe and yield ourselves 
unto his kingdom purpose. Listen, I, my dear old friend James, and some of you all have met him. James now 93, getting ready to turn 94 years old. James has taught me many, many lessons in life. And the one lesson that he taught me is you can never serve God unless you're serving other people. You can never serve God unless you are serving other people. Now we can serve, you know, we can, it's good to have people that, that, that do things even around the church property per se. It could be mowing, it could be painting, it could be a lot of, it could be cleaning, it could be a lot of different things. And, and, and even indirectly, those are ways that we serve God because we're serving people because we have the opportunity to come and be here. But we live in a day and time When we must have these three things in serving God. We must have faith. We must have willingness. And we must have obedience. Faith, willingness, and obedience. Because faith is a little bit different than willingness. Faith, faith is, is putting something into action. We know that old, uh, that old definition is a, and it's a good definition. It's a biblical definition we find in Hebrews. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence for the things that we don't see or we haven't yet seen. But then we find there is a willingness. You know, I, I, willingness, we could say, Yes, I, you know, I would really love, I would really love to lose some weight. I really would. But I'm not willing, as of yet, to pay the price to lose that weight. Okay? I, I, I'm willing, I'm willing to, to do this, or I'm willing to do that, but am I willing to pay the price to do that? You see, willingness, willingness is costly. Willingly, willingness comes with a cost. But if we can come to faith and we can come to willingness, then we're not going to struggle with obedience. Because obedience will come. If we have faith and we have the willingness, then the obedience is going to come. And once we find ourselves walking in obedience, we find the Word of God declares that obedience is better than sacrifice. So we find ourselves putting ourselves in the will of God. Now this lady had, uh, this lady in her household, they had a couple objectives that they had to meet. They had to meet a call to boldness, first and foremost. They had to meet a call to boldness. Now you remember this woman, uh, she was, she was the widow of a Prophet, one of the sons of the prophets of Elisha. She went to Elisha. She knew Elisha could meet the need. Elisha was a type of Christ in this story. And, and she goes there and she's, she's throwing herself, if you would, at the altar in, in, in need that I'm helpless. I have nothing else to turn to. They're, 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 the creditors are getting ready to come and take my two sons. And that is all the hope that I really have in this world. And then Elisha says, 
What do you have in your house? She said, nothing. Oh yes, I do have a, oh, I do have some oil. I want to remind you about that oil. When you, when you do a word study, you find that oil, that wasn't canola oil, it wasn't, it wasn't Crisco, it wasn't, uh, uh, Food Line or, or even Sam's Choice or whatever it's called. It wasn't, it wasn't that kind of oil. The oil that she had, that, that being fleshed out in a word study, it was an anointing oil. It was, it was an oil that had, that was, there for therapeutic purposes, if you would, and it was there to for healing. Uh, I, I touched last week. Some of y'all remember I talked about how that when I was a kid, my mother had that little bottle of red mercure chrome thylate, and she would she would pull out that little dauber thing, and and if you had a cut, she would she would begin to put that methylate down in that cut, and it started turning your skin all red. But you forgot about how bad the cut hurt because that stuff was set your fields on fire. Yeah? It was good stuff. And, 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 and we find that, that what this woman had, it wasn't mercuricone methylate, but it was there for medicinal purposes, if you would, for healing properties, if you would. It, it, it was very valuable. It was very costly. But the uh, odds are she only had a very, very, very little bit of But Elisha, the the person of God, if you would, he says, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out, I want you to go start start knocking on all your neighbor's doors, and I want you to start collecting jars. And then once you you, you collect jars, then you'll start pouring oil out. That doesn't make any sense. I want I want to tell you this this morning. Whether you've if if you've not arrived at the place yet or not, I want to tell you something about. God. God does not always make sense. He doesn't always make sense. He doesn't always do things in what we would call a logical fashion. He doesn't always do things in a practical way. You know? He, he, you know, uh, How would you feel if, how would you feel if you was having problems with your eyesight and Jesus comes along and he said, give me a handful of dirt and spin in it. <laughs> COVID's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be blind, brother. I'll just be blind. But God gives us a call to boldness. And that's what he gives this lady. He says, you got to get out. He said, well, I want you to do number one. The call to boldness is I want you to go to your neighbor's house and start asking them for jars. Let's God, somebody comes to our door, knocks on our door, and then, and come and say, hello, how you doing? Good, good neighbor, how are you? I just wondering if I can have all of your jars. Just wonder, can I have all of your jars? Uh, why are you wanting all of my jars? I, I could almost say for sure that question probably got asked. Understand everything, every any possession at all had, even though it might have been worth 
might not have been worth thousands and thousands and thousands of uh, of dollars, so to speak. Everything, anything people had, there wasn't a lot of substance in this day. And if you had a few uh, earthen jars, you had either made them with your hand or you had bartered them out. They were they were more so like pottery, like you see in the overhead. And what do you want with all my jars? Well, my mama sent me over here and told me to get all your jars. That was the sons. Oh, okay, okay, but still, bless your mama's heart, but what do you want with all of my jars? Well, my mama said that if we got all of these jars, that she was going to take that little bottle of anointing oil that she has, and she's going to fill them all up. I could see the neighbor said, saying, have you been down there to that CBD farm? <laughs> have you been smoking something, young man? Have you been, have you been drinking something, young man? What, what is wrong with, but, but I, I don't, I, I can just imagine this scene. But, but, but they have to go out in boldness and they go from house to house and by whatever means, I don't know how. I, you know, I think one thing, it was a God thing. They go from house to house to house and they begin to collect the jars of all the people in the community or the neighborhood there. And as they collect those jars, it raised questions. And the thing about it is they weren't instructed just to go ask for one or two. The prophet told them to go collect all the jars. All the jars. So there was boldness that came into play. Then secondly, what we find is that pouring or the outpouring, if you would. Keep in mind, this woman only had, uh, I've got a small vial of oil at home and I just should have brought it with me this morning. Uh, but, but it wasn't, it, it probably, there's a good opportunity that it wasn't even as big as one of these bottles that we keep up front here. You know, the, and this right here is pure 100% almost, I think, olive oil. Olive oil. You know, and I've had it where it's been mixed with myrrh and different things and has mustard seeds in it and, and all like this. But, but, but what, that, that oil that that woman had, it, it, maybe, let's just suppose it was a bottle this size. But, and, and, and she, she has got, she has got all of these vessels, jars, they, they probably were big, actually, much like we see in the overhead, they were probably bigger jars, they were probably more like water pots, and, and then she has to have the faith to pick up this little jar of oil, and looking at all these jars, the living room's setting full, the, the bedroom is full, the, they're setting out, out in the yard, and she has to have faith in Enough to open that little jar of oil and start pouring it into those jars with the anticipation that she's going to fill one up that is a thousand times bigger than this one is. And it's not only one, but it's perhaps hundreds of other jars there. So, so she begins to pour the oil and she, she pours the oil, if you would, it's a, it's a call of pouring, if you would. And, and not only does she have to begin pouring the oil, which took great faith, but she has to continue to pour the oil with every jar. Here's another jar. Here's another jar. And she's looking and she, oh, here's another jar. And she, oh, wow. 
And, and, and let me tell you, as she begins pouring, what happens, what occurs in this woman's faith is her faith begins to grow stronger. She never really, somehow, she didn't really, in her common logic, she didn't understand how this was going to fill a, a, a jar that maybe held three, four, five gallons. She didn't understand how that was going to happen. But when she began to pour, she saw the jar fill up and the oil began to spill out a little bit. She said, oh... Oh, maybe, maybe this is going to work. And she feels that next one and she feels that next one. And what happens as she begins to pour out of her substance, as she begins to pour out, she finds that the faith that she needs begins to become easier and easier and easier. And she's getting excited. She's getting enthused. Bring me another one, boys. Come on, y'all run a little bit faster. I'm pouring faster than you all can carry. And she's beginning to fill those jars of oil as her faith begins to grow and her faith begins to arise and she fills every jar. And she fills every jar. And here's what happened. Faith is put to action. If your faith and my faith can be explained are rationalized, it's really not faith at all. You see, I said a few moments ago, God doesn't always make sense. Our faith can't always make sense. Our, our, our faith can't always follow logic. Our, our, our faith, our faith can't always be practical, if you would. I had a good job. I had a really good job. Now the plan ended up closing, so that job would have played out. But I had a really good job. But 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 I I, I took an early buyout of that job that was offered a year before they they announced the plant was closing. I sort of knew it was coming. But 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 my dad loved him. Love him, but my dad has never been really spiritually inclined. He's 90 years old uh, now, and 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 back then he actually worked for the same company. We both worked there together. He thought I was crazy when I said I'm quitting my job to go full time ministry. What are you going to do, son? What are you going to do about insurance? What are you going to do about this? What are you going to do about that? What's going to happen? And let me tell you, as a disclaimer, I was bivocational for 12 years before I ever went full-time ministry. And even then, full-time ministry hasn't always been full-time ministry in the means of compensation. But what I am saying to you is this. Everything that, everything that God calls us to doesn't always find logic. It doesn't always bear out logic. Our faith also can't always be explained. It can't be rationalized. It can't always make sense. But faith will cause us to prepare. And faith will rise as faith rises, expectation will arise and expectation will bring change. You see, as that woman, I, I can see her, I can see her, I don't know about this. Even if she didn't vocalize it, I can, I mean, she was, she was just like us. She was very human. And, and, and so I can see her begin to think, why am I going to go gather all these pots? What is the point? I don't have, I don't have but three or four ounces of oil and he's telling me to go out and gain, get, get a bunch of jars. Man, 
But she had such faith in her master. Because remember, she said, I'm your servant. She said, I have such faith in my, in my master that, and I have such confidence in him that I'm going to do as he's instructed, even if it doesn't make sense. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to start pouring the oil. And as she poured the oil, her expectations started rising. Her expectations continued to grow and everything happened. And Scott, Scott Browning, run out there in the foyer and get me an umbrella. Please, sir. You see, as our expectations rise, expectations will bring change into our circumstance. And as circumstance begins to change, then what we see and what happens is God is glorified his name is magnified because he is changing the circumstances that are at hand. He is turning things around that look like impossibilities. Thank you, sir. Listen, I don't, I'm not superstitious, so don't any of y'all get alarmed at this. And I'm not Mary Poppins. Let me tell you. You're in a drought. You're in a drought. It hasn't rained in a long, long time. Elisha knew all about droughts, okay, by the way. You're in a drought. You're in a spiritual drought. You're in a financial drought. You're in a family drought. You're in uh, a work drought. You're in whatever kind of drought that you can possibly be in. Whatever you're going through, it's a drought. And you begin to pray to a, to your master. You go say, I don't have anything left. I just have two boys and, 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 my, and, and the, the drought master is about to come get me. And you start, what do you do? What, what is the cure for a drought? The cure for a drought is rain. And you start saying, send down the rain, Lord, send down the rain, send down the latter rain. We need the rain, Lord, we need the rain, Lord, we need the latter rain. And, and you, uh, and you praying for showers of blessing. And you, but let me tell you something. If, if, if we're gonna pray for that, but we're not carrying an umbrella, we're probably not really ready. You follow what I'm saying? We're probably not really anticipating and expecting what God's gonna do. But if we really get down to business, go on ahead. It's dry. It's been, it's a desert. It, it hasn't rained in 40 days and 40 nights. It, it, the, the sun is beating down on us. Get up and go out of the house and say it's going to rain it's going to rain Scott you got me the trick umbrella it's hey it still would work it's going to rain it's going to rain. Somebody says, there ain't a cloud in the sky. I don't care. It's going to rain because I have went to my master. I have, I have cried out to him. He said, get out the umbrellas. Believe the things you ask for because it's going to rain. And I believe that if it rains, it's going to pour. Okay, there's better. If it rains, it's going to pour. Listen, listen. Pray, pray. 
pray just and, and pray with anticipation, pray with expectation. This woman knew that Elisha could meet her need. She knew that Elisha could touch the need. She knew that Elisha could supply the need. She went there with an expectancy. Elisha spoke to her in her expectancy. Faith rose up. She reacted to the faith that rose up in her. She was willing to do something crazy like going around and knocking on people's doors and asking them for their jars. She was willing to go to the uttermost. If you listen, if you pray for rain, you need to be carrying an umbrella. If you're praying for more oil, you need to have some empty pots. Listen, this, but here's the thing. How far did the sons go? How far did the sons go? You see, because our faith is can be measured by our ambition. Go back and read that scripture if you would. Go back, go back and read what I sh- we we shared with you there. And what, because it says it said then the oil stopped flowing. The woman, the woman in her mindset, the 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 jars were indefinite and unending. She just kept saying. Bring me another one. Bring me another one. Bring me another one. In her, in her mind, in her in her faith, the woman was just anticipating. Man, she was. You, you know, my, my daddy used to say this. You know, when we'd be working around, the, you know, we had a little bit of farm there and all, and and sometimes we'd be pulling out trees and digging up stumps and all. And I'd be on the tractor, and he'd say, "All right, son, hit her hard. Pour the oil on it." Talking about the tractor. This woman was pouring oil on it. She said, bring me another one. Bring me another one. Bring me another And then one of the boys says, oh, we don't have any more. And that's when the oil stopped flowing. And, okay, maybe I'm, maybe I'm reaching for this just a little bit, but I think there, there is a good, good, good point here to be made. Our faith is measured by our ambition. Now, how many houses did those sons go to? How far did, did, did they stop at Blue Well or did they go on over to Bramwell? Or did they go on up Glenwood? Or did they go on over into Bluefield or, or Brushford? How far did, how far did these boys go in their efforts to keep gathering jars? You see why? Well, I'm, I'm of the notion, I'm of the opinion, this is my opinion, and my theology, I'm of the notion they could have traveled the world over. They could have hauled jars from every place, every country, every place in the world. And as long as they were still jars there, the oil would still be flowing. You see, as long as our faith as long as we have the ambition to keep reaching out, to keep moving forward, to keep going into those places, knocking on those doors that we've never knocked on before, to reaching out and touching lives that we've never touched before. Listen, to, let me tell you something. God doesn't give us the oil just to say we have the oil. Are you with me? He doesn't give us the oil just to say that we can have, oh, I got a nice bottle of oil in there. No, because what he said to this woman, he says, go ahead, sell what you need to sell, pay your bills, he said, and live off the rest. God gives us the oil to minister, to survive, if you would, to do kingdom purpose, if you would. God takes us and provides for us in every way. Were there more neighbors? Did the sons just simply get physically worn out? Uh, uh, 
did, or did the sons, perhaps they became just satisfied, begin saying, oh man, mom's just being greedy. We got enough pots here. You know, I'm, I'm tired of going out and knocking on doors. It's embarrassing. You know. But when the pots stopped, the flow of the oil stopped. Are you with me? So our faith is oftentimes measured by ambition. What's your ambition? What, 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 what are you desiring to go out and do? What, what, what are, what are you desiring to pursue in kingdom purpose? What are you desiring to pursue for the things that you need in your life? If you go on over a few chapters into 2 Kings chapter 13, you, you, you find that in that chapter, Elisha, the same Elisha, is given the final prophecy. It's his final word of prophecy, and he prophesies over the king of Israel. And as he prophesies over the king of Israel and the, the, the battle, the warfare that's, that's coming up with the, the, the nation of Aram, what we find is that he tells the king to shoot an arrow. And the king shoots that arrow. And as the king shoots the arrow, Elisha prophesies over him and tells him that he's going to have victory over, the, over, over kingdoms. And then he says, he says to the king, Elisha says, I want you to take these arrows and I want you to smite the ground. I want you to hit the ground with those arrows. The king hits once. The king hits twice. The king hits three times. And the king stops. There was nothing that made him stop. I guess he just felt that he was sufficient in in three strikes to the ground. But when you read this account, you find that Elisha tells him, he said, man, he said, if you had only kept going, if you had only keep striking the ground, the victories that you would have would have been so much greater, so much more, so much vast. You see, sometimes, let me tell you, that's why I'm saying we can't stop short. We can't stop short. We can't quit too early. We, 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 we can't quit going and knocking on doors and saying, I need your water pots. We can't quit striking the ground with the arrows. We can't because God has so much for us. He has so much to give us. And only th- really the most of the time, what hinders us the most is our own selves. Because we stop. We stop. Listen, the lack of oil is not what stopped the flow. Because that woman still, she still had just as much in that little jar as she had the, the day she started pouring it. Just like his predecessor Elijah and the lady with the meal in the barrel of meal, a little bit of meal in the barrel and the oil. She always had enough every day. This woman always had enough oil to fill the next pot. The oil didn't stop flowing because of the oil. The oil stopped flowing because there wasn't any pots. And there wasn't any pots because somebody stopped gathering. Are you with me? Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't slow down. You may be discouraged. 
You may be downhearted. You may be down and out. You may be down in the molly grubs. Whatever you want. Whatever name you want to give it. You may be depressed. You may be suffering from anxiety. And those things are real. I don't dispute those at all. But let me tell you something. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep gathering your pots. Pots. Keep striking the ground. Keep believing for God. Because the oil will not cease until we cease to supply the vessels for the oil. That's what happened in this story. When the vessels ceased, the oil stopped. Keep supplying the vessel. And every single one of us in this room, every person watching by, by Facebook Live this morning, every person listening by EV, EV Radio, you are a vessel. Don't stop the flow. We're the ones to determine that. It could have been the lack of vision, possibly. Could have just been anxiety, physical exertion, possibly. But I believe with all my heart, if those sons had kept venturing out, they could have always found another pot. They could have always found another source. There was always another house down the road. There was always another village somewhere. Don't stop. Don't stop, but allow God just to minister in your life and to meet your needs. Amen. Can you bow your heads with me this morning? As we gather in this room, the most important need that any of us in this place could possibly have today is not finances. It's not how you're going to buy Christmas. It's not, uh, it's not... Quite frankly, it's not even your health. It's important that it's that, that may be the most important thing that could exist in this room this morning is the need of salvation. And if there's anybody in this room or if they're watching by Facebook Live or EV Radio, the same applies for you. The greatest, the greatest need that could be in any man or woman's life is the need of salvation. If you're in this room today and you need, you've never been saved, you've never come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never, you've never believed Him in your heart, believed on Him in your heart and confessed Him as Lord with your mouth, then you need to be saved. If you need to rededicate your life this morning, today is a very, very appropriate time. It's a great day. Actually, it's the first Sunday of Advent. It's, it's that expectation. So if you're in this room today and, and you need to be saved or you need to rededicate your life, I just want you, without embarrassing you, I just want you to wave your hand real quickly at me. Anybody in the room? Anybody at all? I need to be saved.